and welcome to Refuge Church Podcast. My name is Nicole, and I'm one of the pastors here at Refuge. And we're so very thankful that you're taking some time to listen with us today. This week, we started a brand new series titled, Thank You, God. And Brian kicks us off by sharing a message that dives deep into the importance of gratitude, even in the chaos of life. Throughout this series, we're going to look at what it means to be thankful in chaos, what it means to be thankful in the harvest, and what it means to be thankful in the waiting. We hope that you tune in every week of this series, but for now, sit back and relax and enjoy this message from Brian entitled, Thank You, God, in the Chaos. Refuge is a safe place. I don't think it's working. Yeah, it is working. Is it working? I forgot what we're supposed to say. Perfect. Refuge is a safe place. Oh, and stop. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Where do I look? Eyes. Is it okay if I yeah, look there? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Explore. Explore. Their faith in Jesus. Mouth it. Okay. Go. Refuge is a safe place for people to... No. Mm-mm. That's not it. You ready? Safe place is a... <laughs> <laughs> Refuge is a safe place for all people. Refuge is a safe place for all people. Refuge is a safe place for all people to explore. Why can't I All people. To restore and explore their faith in Jesus and his church. Refuge is a safe place for all people to explore and restore their faith in Jesus. And his church. Huh? And his church. And his church. There we go. This is good. Okay. All right. Action. Refuge is a safe place for all people to explore and restore their faith in Jesus and his church. My name is Brian Cobertson. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're new here tonight and you're watching that video and you're going, hmm, maybe these people aren't the brightest tools in the shed. You would probably sometimes be right. We struggle with learning new phrases like this. I don't know why. Refuge is a safe place for all people, Nicole, to explore and restore their faith in Jesus and his church. Even the pastoral team has a hard time. I'm really going to put you on the spot here, Nicole. It's not the gospel if it's not good news. I can't tell you how hard of time this church had with these. I like when we go into a sermon series to kind of have a mantra for the series, like something that's memorable, that makes it stick. And so we're starting a new series tonight. Man, I hope that time of worship and just the graphics and the songs and everything, I hope that set the stage for this time of Thanksgiving and this series of Thanksgiving. And so I wanted a mantra. Even this church could remember for this series. Something simple, yet something powerful. Are you ready for it? That's a good one, but we're going to go with, thank you, God. Can we handle that? Let's try it. Let's try it. Ready, set. Thank you, God. All right. I think we got one that this church can hang on to. I was tempted, you know, to go even shorter with it and just shorten it to, Thank God, because I wasn't sure if we could get the you in there or not, but we left it as thank you, God. And I did that for a reason, because the you is important. I wake up, and one of our three dogs vomits all over the carpet, let's say, one morning. It happens, all right? Sometimes worse than vomit. And before I even noticed that vomit, my wife, Karen, who's sitting right there, has came in and she's cleaned it up. And so do I walk into that room and go... Thank Karen. (laughs) Or do I go to my wife, who's probably by then sitting and having her coffee, and say, thank you, Karen. Which one is more 
personal? Which one is more intimate? Which one indicates a two-way relationship? Thank Karen that acknowledges an act that I no longer have to do because she's taking care of it. But thank you, Karen, acknowledges the person behind the act. So we're going to be saying thank you, God, this entire series. My verse for tonight that we're going to focus on is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, and it says this. Paul's writing, he says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And so when we say thank you, God, we're doing more than acknowledging God's hand in our lives. We're engaging in an act of worship pausing in the midst of our lives, locking eyes on our Heavenly Father and saying, I see you. I see what you've done for me, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, God. That's our series this month. First time in seven years as a church that we've done a Thanksgiving series, but what better time than now to get in the habit of practicing gratitude in all circumstances. Now, our family is trying to start a YouTube channel. It's going to flop, no doubt about it. We're going into what's called the sailing subgenre of YouTube channels, and we're going to share our adventures about our three dogs as we travel around the Bahamas in the summertime. Probably not do much. It's mostly for our family to enjoy it in the later, or my grandkids one day to be like, oh, look at Grandma and Grandpa. They were so funny, you know. <laughs> but generally, if I do something... I go all in. I don't like to do things halfway. And so I've been trying to learn the last few months what helps make a YouTube channel succeed. And so I've listened to podcasts and I've watched some things online and there's lots of suggestions. Some of it has to do with the quality of the footage you take. You need a catchy title or those really catchy thumbnails. You need to upload the videos on a consistent basis. You got to be patient. You got to be persistent because it takes time to build a channel. But the number one thing that everyone agrees upon that makes a good YouTube channel and a good YouTube video is engaging storytelling. You got to tell a story. And so I wanted to learn a bit about telling stories. And so I got a book, Seven Basic Plots, Why We Tell Stories. It's by Christopher Booker. And in this book, he says that stories, all stories throughout history, can be boiled down to seven plots. And so here they are. Overcoming the monster. That's number one. That's where the hero sets out to defeat a great evil. There's a climactic confrontation. The hero triumphs. Think Jaws or Star Wars. Those are those stories. Second one is rags to riches. The protagonist begins in a lowly state. They eventually achieve great success. Think Cinderella or maybe Will Smith and the pursuit of happiness. Third one is the quest. This is just really some goal usually passing through a series of tests along the way. Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings. Number four is voyage and return. It's just like the quest, but with more focus just on the journey itself. Think Alice in Wonderland. Then we got some you're really familiar with. Five is the comedy. It's a complex story that involves misunderstandings and confusions and eventually resolves itself and it makes us laugh. Number six is a tragedy. It charts the decline and fall of a character, either by their own doing or by uncontrollable circumstances. And number seven is a rebirth. The protagonist experiences a period of darkness or corruption before they eventually redeem themselves or they are reborn in some way, shape, or form. As we come into the Christmas season, the perfect one is a Christmas carol. That is a rebirth story. 
As I read that book, I thought through these different scenarios. Is that not a good mirror to the seasons of our life stories? And granted, our lives are a bit more complex than a story, and sometimes we operate on multiple stories at once. But the Bible says, be thankful in all circumstances, all seasons, all stories in our lives. And in some of those stories that we go through in our lives, it's easier to be thankful than others. When you're a rags to riches story in the rags, sometimes it's hard to be thankful. But when you reach the riches, you land a new job, you get into that college, you buy that first home, man, the gratitude flows a little more freely. Thank you, God. Or maybe it's overcoming the monster. When that monster is there, it's sometimes hard to thank God. But then you defeat the monster. You find a church that accepts you for who you are, a safe place for all people, and you say, thank you, God. Then there are those stories, the dark comedies, where others are laughing, but we're not laughing, or the tragedies, times when the narrative just feels void of anything good, that even finding a sliver of gratitude feels impossible. For the next three weeks, we're learning to say, thank you, God. And so in three weeks, or two weeks from now, I guess, Nicole's going to teach, thank you, God, in the waiting or in the middle, still working on a title there. Next week, David's going to teach on thank you, God, in the harvest. But this week, we're going to start off with thank you, God, in the chaos of life. Now, Nicole has taken over making the graphics for the church. It's something I used to do. She's taken that on. Sometimes I miss it. This week, I wanted a special graphic for this series, and so I I asked ChatGPT. If you don't know what that is, you will soon. It's going to be like Google, you know, even more popular. I asked ChatGPT, which is an artificial intelligence machine. I I said, give me a graphic, and as you see on the screen, thank you, God, and the chaos. Slow down, Press or Emery. (laughs) This is what it came up with. You know, Thanksgiving, it works. But I said, well, how about a little more chaos in the graphic? And so we got this next one. Now, (laughs) definitely some chaos. I don't know if it fits where we're going with the story. So I said, well, chat, how about you make me a graphic uh, with with a storm in the graphic, something stormy. And we got this. And I don't know if you see it or not. It looks like artificial intelligence has taken over the world. And here we are marching up through here, and we got cruise ships and everything crashing. So I don't know if ChatGPT was trying to tell us something, but that was really sketchy, and I sent it to other people to make sure I wasn't wrong. So we'll save that for another sermon, but that's a little sketchy. I said, well, how about something a little bit lighter, Chat? Let's go a little lighter with this one. (laughs) It's lighter. (laughs) I'm not sure where it was going with that. By this point now, I've wasted probably an hour of time because this is fun to me. Nicole said it's like um, a TikTok for Gen Xers. This is what I'm doing, wasting my time. So by this point, I'm like, you know what? Make it a 70s rock album cover. And we got this one here. And there's certainly still some chaos going on. Thank you, God. And the chaos. Chaos can take on a lot of forms. The chaos of a monster we didn't anticipate in our story. The chaos of an unexpected twist in our quest. The chaos of tragedies, when life turns, takes a turn we didn't see coming and strips us bare. But don't forget what the Bible says. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Why is it God's will for us to find some reason 
to be thankful in all situations, including the chaos. What does that, what does that even look like? Gee, thanks God for this depression I have. I really appreciate that. God, I'm so grateful that I've had a chronic backache for the last 20 years. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for all my friends who have abandoned me. God, I have three jobs and I still can't make ends meet. Thank you, God. God's will for me to be thankful in all circumstances sometimes can sound like a cruel joke. And so we'll say, well... Man, you know, the Bible says do it. Clenched teeth. I guess it's another thing I need to check off my spiritual to-do list. And we're, mm, thank you, God, and the chaos. But if you read Scripture, anytime we see a command from God, it's normally for our own good. I'll go as far as to say it's always for our own good. And so here we have a command for God, which means there is a deeper reason for this command to give thanks in all circumstances. One of the things that strengthened my faith is when modern science backs up the commands of God and what Jesus taught. And so here we are in 2023, and modern psychology has learned about people who are able to give thanks in all circumstances. You want to know about these kind of people? Here's, here's some uh, demographics with them. They have increased happiness. They're thankful and gives them a greater sense of well-being and happiness. They have reduced depression, less frequency, and less duration of their episodes. They have improved sleep, and we all know the benefit of sleep. They have enhanced resilience, faster recovery from stress and trauma. They have healthier relationships. They express gratitude, can make them feel value, leading to improved social interactions. They have better physical health. Literally less aches and pains for people who are more thankful. They have greater self-esteem. They have positive behaviors versus negative behaviors. So less substance abuse, more exercise. And it fosters optimism, which means they think good things are going to happen to them in the future. So what modern psychology says about being thankful in all circumstances, not to mention those who are thankful improves the lives of everyone else around them. Now let's go on the flip side. If you have no gratitude... In all circumstances, it's increased negative emotions, more envy, more resentment, more regret, greater susceptibility to stress, elevated anxiety, poorer relationship quality, lower self-esteem, decreased physical health, and less resilience, meaning it's harder to bounce back after adversity. And so have I sold you that thankfulness is not just a gift to the giver, but also a blessing to the receiver. Now, if you've been around church a while, you've probably heard some of the familiar ways that you can be thankful in the chaos. Maybe it's a broken relationship, and the pastor has taught, you know, you should say, thank you, God, for the time I had with that person and the growth I'll now get from this pain. Or maybe you lost your job and you've learned to say, thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this next season and given me an opportunity to reassess my priorities. Or maybe you've gone through mental health struggles and you've learned to say, thank you, God, for this lucid moment that I have right now, however brief it may be. Or maybe those who have lost a loved one have been taught to say, thank you, God, for the love I feel for my child, even though that love now brings me pain. And I don't make light of any of that. Those are all good responses. But on the extreme side of that, it can also lead us to becoming those people who think they need to find a silver lining in every situation. I'm 48 years old, 
I've served as a pastor in some capacity for a decade. I've witnessed human suffering. I've stood by a friend as he breathed his final breaths. I've officiated funerals that no parent should have to endure. I've listened to stories of abuse and loss and pain. And let me be absolutely clear. There are circumstances, this side of heaven, where there is no silver lining. And so to suggest in such moments that everything happens for a reason is not only insensitive, but it diminishes the weight of human suffering, implying that all pain can be neatly packaged as a life lesson. It can't. And so sometimes, thank you, God, can simply mean, God, I don't understand this. I'm furious. I'm hurting. I'm broken. But you remain my God. That's why it's thank you, God. And not just thank God. We're not thankful for the circumstances, far from it, but we're thankful that even in the darkest of tragedies, God is not absent in our suffering. And so let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. The emphasis there is on the word belong. To belong to Christ means that even when we find ourselves in the deepest, darkest pits, there's a light within us that cannot be overcome. And we know that light. If we've been in the church, it's the gospel that God sent his son to live among us. He experienced the same range of the human stories that we experience. He had comedies. He had tragedies. He had the rags of the manger to the riches of the throne of heaven. He had a rebirth that went through the depths of hell, and yet he endured for us. He rose for us. He made a way for us. And if we belong to Christ Jesus, then no matter the season, no matter the story we find ourselves in, we still belong to Christ Jesus. And God is still there. Thank you, God. It's a command. It's emotionally healthy It's an act of worship. It's a declaration of our faith. And maybe you're like, okay, I get the why. But what about the how? That's where this gets tricky. How do we find it within ourselves to say, thank you, God, when the chaos presses in on every side? Now, I wanted to preach this particular week, the chaos week of this series. Not because, actually, I don't have a lot of chaos going on in my life right now. The opposite. Life for me is going pretty good. Not bragging. I'm just recognizing that right now I feel like life is pretty good. God has brought our family through some stuff. I did have a back situation for, I don't know, about 30 years where my back was in terrible pain. Most weeks I would get up here and preach. I could barely walk. It was an eight or nine. You know, when they show you that pain scale out of 10, I'd say eight or nine. Eight was a good day. Now it's a two or three. It's manageable. God has brought me through that. I'm very thankful. Some of you know the story of my wife's depression, and it's the garden variety kind where you have a few bad days. It's the kind where you hide the knives and you don't leave her alone in the house. But it's better. It's not perfect, but it's better. God has brought us through some stuff. And our kids are doing good. Our marriage is going well. Business is going well. No hurricanes this year. I don't know where wood is, but knock on wood. 
I've learned to set better boundaries because my wife is a therapist and she's helped me with that. I've got a better work-life balance. And I love seeing what is happening in this church. And I love having a team of pastors that I get to teach with. And so I wanted to preach about thanking God in the chaos because I need the reminder. Like the lyrics of that song we just sang, like the frost on a rose, winter still comes for us all. And so I needed to be reminded that while things are pretty good right now, chaos is still lurking around the corner. And so maybe some of you here tonight are in a season of harvest too. Things are pretty good. And you're like, geez, man, can't I just enjoy the moment? Absolutely. Thank you, God, for this part of your story. We're going to talk about that more next week. But Peter writes in 1 Peter 4.12, he says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. The boat we're trying to make our YouTube video out of is a catamaran. It's our first time having this kind of boat. It's meant for long crossing and to live aboard it in the Bahamas and beyond. On this boat, there is a life raft. Never had a boat with a life raft. It's good that it has it. Could one day save our lives. Then Karen and I realized we had no idea how this thing works. How do you get a life raft out of that little white box? And so would it be a smart decision for me to say, well, let's figure that out when the boat catches fire? I mean, surely when it's sinking, then we will go and read the instruction manual. We, will, we, will, we got Starlink on the boat. I'm sure there is a how-to YouTube video about how to deploy this thing. That's just dumb. The time to figure out how that life raft works is now. When there is no fire, when the boat is not sinking, when I'm not in a panic. Furthermore, just figuring out once how that thing works probably isn't enough because I'll forget. And so we need to practice with it. We need to do frequent drills with it. We need to create some muscle memory. Jesus teaches on this idea in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7 says this, verse 24, (coughs) excuse me, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had had its foundation on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, most of us know this parable. It's one of the more popular ones. Most of us can sing the song. I found out this week that Anna could not, the girl who's leading us in worship tonight, she did not know the wise man and foolish man song. I was blown away. Again, I told you earlier, I don't know what they were teaching you over at that other church, but they didn't teach you the proper children's songs. It's a pretty basic story, right? There are two builders. One wise, one not so much. And so the wise builder, he constructs his house. He builds it on a strong foundation so that when the storm eventually hits, the house stands. The foolish builder chooses to build his house on a barrier island in southwest Florida. And when faced with a Category 5 storm and a 12-foot storm surge, the house has little chance for survival. If you are in a season of harvest tonight, 
Good. I am not looking to bring you down. I'm not saying you should not enjoy it. Psalm 127 says we are to harvest with shouts of joy. And so if you're in a harvest, you should be joyful. You should be giving thanks. But be wise. Be like a tree, at least the trees up north. You know why trees shed their leaves every fall? Any idea? It's not just so you can enjoy the beautiful colors and take pictures. It's an act of preparation. They know winter is coming, and so they are preparing. And so how can we prepare to not just survive, but to learn to say thank you, God, in the midst of chaos? Well, there are lots of ways. I'm going to give you just three tonight to maybe prime the wheelhouse for you. First of all, evaluate your foundation. While the sun is up and life is good, take the time to walk around the house and evaluate your foundation. How solid is my foundation? This isn't just a quick once-over. I'm talking some deep introspection and some honest assessment. might even require the help of a therapist or a pastor or a close friend or your spouse. You're going to go around that house, and you're going to check out that foundation. You're going to look for cracks, and then you're going to go up to the roof, and you're going to look for leaks, and then you're going to look for signs of wear and tear that could compromise the integrity of the structure. What do I believe about God? Why do I believe that about God? Are my beliefs rooted in belonging to Jesus? Do I see the gospel as good news? Or is Christianity just self-help? Or maybe it's this. What kind of relationships are part of my foundation? Are they weak? Are they flaky? Are they lacking trust? Or do I have people who will be like NBC2? You know what that is? Before, during, and after the storm. Or maybe you need to pray the prayer of Psalm 139, which is a favorite of many of us in this church. The psalmist says, search me, O God. And so you pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything, anything in me that offends you. Evaluate that foundation. And then begin taking those steps to my next point, strengthen your spiritual home. JFK is known for saying the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. You get that, right? So while the sun is shining and you're in a season of harvest, Take some time to deepen those spiritual disciplines. Praying and talking to God, diving into God's word. You know, maybe even skip a meal. Fasting is still a thing, believe it or not. Or maybe you need to take that time to strengthen your spiritual home by getting more involved in your community. Maybe that's being involved here at Refuge, helping out where you can, getting to know the other members of this church. Maybe you need to invest in learning. You need to load up that tool belt. Learn all you can about God, his promises, his plans for your life. Maybe you need to listen to podcasts or read a book. or Believe it or not, all the old refuge sermons are online, so you can listen to seven years of sermons from this church. Or maybe you can strengthen your home by serving others as they go through their storms so that you're better prepared when your storms come. And the last one, and I think it's the most important one, during your time of harvest, as we prepare for time of chaos, simply practice giving thanks. So many of us, the good times come, and, and maybe we're grateful to God, but maybe we just don't say it. And so while things are good, get in the habit of saying, thank you, God. You know, Paul writes, pray without ceasing. 
And so I've tried to put that into practice this week so I could tell you how it went. It's been really good. It's changed your attitude. Like, thank you, God, for getting me off of I-75 this morning alive. Thank you, God, for making organic white cheddar Cheeto puffs taste even better when they're a little bit stale. It's a true story. Try it. I went for a run this morning. I hate running, by the way. My wife signed me up for a turkey trot. Yeah. Part of the therapy I think she's doing with me. I don't know. But I decided to try to put this into practice on my run. What better? T- I'm slow, man. I got a long time to get through three miles. So I thought, I'll put this into practice. What can I be thankful for? Let me just repeat it out loud while nobody's around me. And so I'm, thank you, God, for these beautiful blue skies. Thank you, God, for this air in my lung. Thank you, God, that I get to run with shoes on my feet. Thank you, God, this morning for the cooler weather. God, thank you for these legs that still work even though they hurt. Thank you for a wife who signed me up for a turkey trot. (laughs) And I did that for the greater part of my run. It was a form of meditation. It made me feel good. And it was worship to a God. And so I hope that you try to create that same kind of muscle memory. Just keep repeating that over and over. When something happens in your life this week, thank you, God. Don't just have a life raft practice what it feels like deploying the raft letting those words come out of your mouth thank you god three simple words easy to remember even for this church and there will be times in your life that saying that phrase thank you god will be the most spiritually brave and the most faith-filled thing you ever do as a believer and I don't come in here a lot as a pastor and, and make promises. I just I feel uncomfortable sometimes doing that. But I will make a promise tonight. I will guarantee this. If you start a habit of thankfulness, of continually, daily, and hourly saying, Thank you, God. I promise your life will be better. There will be more joy, there will be more peace, there will be more kindness, etc., etc. I'm going to ask the band to come up, and I'll close with this. Genesis 8.22, beginning of Scripture, says, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Some of us here tonight are in seasons of harvest. Thank you, God. Some of us are in seasons of winter and chaos. Thank you, God. Some of us have all seven of those stories we read earlier going on at the same time right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being there in all seasons, all stories. And so we're going to close tonight with a time of worship, which is nothing more than saying, Thank you, God through song. And so take this time to evaluate your foundation, to strengthen your home, singing with others who belong to Christ and practice saying, thank you, God, for being there in every season and every story. Won't you stand? Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet every Saturday night at 530 at 
1901 Brantley Road, Fort Myers. You can catch all of our live stream on Facebook or YouTube at Refuge Church Fort Myers. And we're also on Instagram at refuge.church. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.